Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Positive Pessimist Podcast. It's Wrestling Wednesday. My guest today is Johnny McCreary. Johnny McCreary was a two-time undefeated Kansas State champion. He's a two-time junior college All-American for Garden City. He went on to wrestle Division I at Cal State Bakersfield, where he was a teammate with Stephen Neal. They were also third as a team in 1996. I believe that's the right year. And I'm really looking forward to talking to him. Before we get started, I will be headlining the Kansas City Improv uh, November 22nd, that is Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, the show starts at 7 p.m. You can get tickets at improvkc.com. We're hoping to film it and turn it into a special. So I'm looking forward to seeing as many of you guys out there as possible if you're a wrestler in the Kansas City area. And uh, I believe that's it. So without any further ado, let's bring in Mr. Johnny McCreary. Hello, hello, hello. Tim. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not much, not much. It's you, good you to know, see you. I wanted to dedicate this uh, podcast to Chad Beeson. Okay. You know, he's uh, he's fighting for it right now. And uh, just want to kind of come on and tell my journey and uh, how big impact he was to me. Okay. Well, he would love to hear it. Did you uh, did you get to see the, hear the podcast that he and I did together? You know, I did. I did. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one. I, I, I love – I have an Arc City – fascination so to speak um especially because of justin Ware and all that um and i was going to ask you that later in the in the podcast but did he did justin ever wrestle down at garden you know i think he came after after i i i was gone okay you know? well I, I don't know if he ever actually wrestled there but i know that they were talking about mm -hmm. him coming and, and wrestling there yeah. um so yeah, I love Arc City and and that rich tradition they have, and I love talking to them. I had Wayne Jackson on, I don't know if you caught that one, but I really enjoyed that one too. They've all been great. Yeah, no, I like what you're doing. That you know, you hear all these voices, you kind of wonder, you know, where they went, and uh, good to hear from them. Yeah, I've been on a brief sabbatical from them. I, I've been pretty busy with my little boy and everything, and you know, you have a small child, so you know how much how much effort that takes. Um, so I, I haven't done one in a while. And I was like, I need to start doing these again. And, and my favorite ones have always been uh, Kansas guys that I, I kind of knew from a distance. Like I only knew you from like the program, you know, that remember when you would get the, uh, the booklet and it would have like the state champions from the year before. Mm -hmm. um, so I always remembered you. And for some reason I had it in my head that you were a Clearwater guy, but you wrestle for Wellington. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why I had it in my, I had all these Clearwater questions about like Lonnie Finney. And then like two days ago, I'm like, he doesn't, he didn't wrestle for Clearwater, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even wore the red to represent, you know. <laughs> nice. Um, and you, were you teammates with Josh Gooch? Oh yeah. Yeah. He was How, a year younger than I was. Okay. How good was that guy? He was good. Yeah. yeah he, he didn't wrestle in college, did he? No. Actually, he did. He did. He wrestled oh, he for Fort Hayes. Okay. He uh, okay. played football and wrestled there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Now he's an AD uh, down at uh, Hutchison Community College, doing doing great things. All right. Well, I'd like to get him on here sometime too. Okay. That was one of the few good things to come out of COVID. As I started reaching out to all these guys um, and wrestlers. I've said this before on this podcast, but they rarely get to tell their story. I mean, some guys are world and Olympic champions and the average person has no idea who they are. So it was really cool to be able to just reach out to these people and 
I'd say 90% of people um, have been really good about it, uh, as, about, as far as wanting to do it and all that stuff. But going back to my question about Josh Gooch, um, what did he lose, like one time in high school? Actually, won it twice. Okay. So he, he lost more than once. Yeah, he, uh, he had a big upset with uh, Leighton. I think his name was Leighton from uh, Silver Valley. Where was that? It was a red and purple uniform. I can't remember. But he got upset as a sophomore or a junior. He was he was upset, but no one saw it coming. Yeah. He just kind of used to tear everybody up. Yeah, as a heavyweight, right? He was a 89-pounder. I think that was the weight back then. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So what what made you so good at wrestling? What was your what was your thing? I, I think I was claustrophobic and uh, <laughs> couldn't stand on bottom. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you you know I was just kind of you know thinking about that as as you know from the journey. Um, you know that was before internet. You know you really didn't know who anyone was or or could scout them. You yeah. Know? So you just kind of heard about them. Um, you know, coming up as a kid, you had, you know, all the, you know, you had Tiger Lowmaster, you had John Dong, there's Weatherby, you know, and there, there'd be these 64 man brackets. We'd just be stacked. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was never usually coming out on the, the right end of those. I'd, I'd lose early and fight my way back. Um, but you had a lot of good times there. And, you know, I, I, I think living close to uh, Okie State, I, I learned a low single and remember the VHS tapes. They had uh, John Smith had that low single. How Gene low Mills. can you go? Yeah. Gene Mills had the half Nelson from the knees. So okay. my coach Decker, he used to, to pass those around and uh, you know, that the low single became, came my forte is a, you know, if you could stop it, you could beat me. Huh? Yeah, there's no sweeter looking move than a sweet low level or a duck under, in my opinion. Yeah, I I kind of had the double low single. Okay. Where I used to let him get inside control, and then I'd snap, and somehow I'd end up with uh, two two legs. Okay. And two's better than one usually. Yeah, when I was in college, I developed a decent low level. I could I could get in there, and it looked cool, but then I, finishing was a different story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That peak out, that peak out, or you know, looking for risks. You know, yeah, it was fun. So, give me a brief synopsis of your freshman and sophomore year of high school. You know, freshman, I I, I jumped up like two weights just to make the team, and came in at one thirty eight. Had a sub five hundred record. You know, just just kind of, you know, I was on the team. You know, figuring things out. I. uh you know, really, I had some really good seniors in on my team. And, you know, I'd go through practices and weeks without getting a takedown. So it was kind of intimidating going out to, to wrestle and you haven't t hit a takedown in a week or, or scored one. Yeah. You know, so it all worked out. I noticed, you know, training with high level people is, you know, you get out there and you start wrestling with normal guys. It's just a lot, lot easier for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when your toughest matches are in the practice room, it makes makes the uh, the other rest the other matches a lot more enjoyable. That's for sure. Yeah, like E. K. Franks. Oh yeah, member of Killer. Yeah. I remember the name. I never knew him. Yeah, yeah, he'd grab a hold of your wrist, and you're not getting it away. And 
you know, he was, he was three, four years older than I was. And yeah, he used but, to beat on me. But he was a Wellington guy also? He was, he was. Okay. Did that guy ever lose in high school? Man, he, he early, early in, in his days, but he was a three-timer. Yeah. And back then, a three-timer was like a four-timer is now. Like, not knocking guys of today by any means, but it was it was a different thing. Like, it was extremely rare, it seemed like, for someone to win four uh, back in back in the days of weird wrestling. Would you agree with that? You know, I, I, it was tough. You know, I don't want to ever take anything away from those four-timers because that was, you know, but it, it was tough. I, I remember Todd Drake. You know, that yeah. was when I was really enjoying it because I was like a fan like you. You know, I remember Todd Drake and, and Kirk Howe wrestled in the semis of state and the winner got Canfield. You know, oh, wow. and it was just being Matt side watching them two battle. I remember the look in Todd Drake's eyes and I was like, you know, he was just a, a warrior. You know, I was like, you know, how do you get that good? Yeah. You know, and. Was and then, he Wellington also? Drake? No, Drake was Andover. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Man, 4A was freaking tough, dude. Oh. It, still, it still is, I imagine. Yeah, I live out in Arizona, so I don't follow it as much as I, I used to. Yeah. I wish I'd known you lived in Arizona. I would have hit you up a few weeks ago. I was in, uh, in Glendale, Arizona, working at Stir Crazy. Oh, next time, definitely. Let's let's meet up. Yeah, I will. Um so then your junior year, you go 33-0. and 0. Well, Actually, I wanted to ask you one more question about your sophomore year. You said something in the in the message you sent me about how you wrestled Tiger Lowmaster at State. Had you wrestled him before? You, you know, he was that kid that I never beat. Okay. Um, you and a lot of others. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I still remember I had him in a lot drop one time, and I just never threw it. I, that was my only shot at him. Okay. Has there ever been a cooler name in all of wrestling than Tiger Lowmaster? No, no, I definitely, Tiger, <laughs> I know you're out there. I, I definitely want to meet up for uh, dinner sometime. He, he was a good guy. Okay. Uh, but he, uh, you know, I, I lose in the, I get a hold of someone in the quarter from Baldwin, Kansas. It's a legger. And, and I don't think he ever left my, my, my back out from the, from the Coliseum, man. He was on me. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't shake him. And so I get upset and then Tiger gets up in the upset in the semis. So I pick him up Saturday morning. It didn't get, didn't go my way. And that was kind of when it turned or when it turned. Cause that's when I realized that I started lifting weights. I had a, a coach. He, 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 uh, he coached kids, but he took me in to help mentor and he lifted weights with me beat on me his name was mark brown he wrestled at uh at a little at oklahoma state before he was injured but the guy you know showed me the pathway to how how to be successful so you know that was part of it got me ready to wrestle these big big type uh, players you know like the beasons and yeah did did you know going into your junior year that you were gonna be that dominant did you have any close matches you know i had uh i i you know, I did. Um, Lavelle was my, in the regionals, he was in Caney Valley. And he was a beast. Or that was, you're talking junior year, right? Yeah. Yeah, Lavelle, you know, he was a beast. You know, he was, he went on to, I think, wrestle D1, too. But. 
I wrestled his little brother, Jared, a few times. Was he strong? Um, you know, I, I have a really funny story about Jared Lavelle. Um, I'll just go ahead and tell it real quick. I've never told yeah. it on this. I'll never told it on this podcast, but uh, Derek Lane was a very good friend of mine. He's my best friend when we were kids, and he was a really good wrestler. And Derek knew everyone. And I walked into the Olathe tournament in Kansas City, and uh, Derek comes running up to me. He could not have been happier to tell me, "Timmy, you're effed. You got to wrestle. Derek, you got to wrestle Jared Lavelle. He's gonna kick your ass." And I was like. I was like, who is Jared Lavelle? I'd never heard of this guy. And uh, anyway, long story short, Derek had me so fired up because he was just so convinced. I mean, I hadn't even weighed in yet. He's like, he's going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and right out of the gate, Jared Lavelle gets a takedown on me. And I just, I normally didn't get very angry in my matches, but I mean, I saw red. And I reversed him and just kind of ripped him over on his back and pinned him. And uh, and I was so mad, dude. I, I, I can't even tell you how upset I was that he took me down. Because all I could see was Derek's face. He's going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I pinned him. And then I ended up pinning him a, oh, another time. And then I beat him at state. And then we wrestled a year or two later. And we had much tighter matches. But he never did beat me. And I think yeah. it was all because of that first time yeah. that I just had this superhuman strength because I was so pissed off. But I didn't even realize he had an older brother, but he was pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah. We we re wrestled in the uh, the finals my ju junior year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Overtime. Overtime match. That was your only match against him? We wrestled regionals the weekend before, and then, then I had to beat him again in the finals. Okay. And that was a lot tighter in the finals. Yeah. He, he, he did his homework. Okay. Yeah, I, I imagine that was Jared's older brother. I think it was. It had to have been, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he was pretty strong. Is that why you asked if oh. Jared was strong? Yeah, he was a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I was, a, I was really, you know, slender. I think my nickname growing up was Stick. <laughs> it's just all bones. And you were what weight at your junior year? Junior year, uh, 152. Okay. That was always kind of a lankier weight class, it seemed like. 45 and 52 seemed like they were kind of lankier guys in that weight class. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or they were just 52, were just short and freaking beasts. But, um, Okay, so then your senior year, uh, you went undefeated again. So you had a 66-match win streak to close out your high school career. Did you have any tough matches your senior year? You know, I went up and we went to a match in Blackwell, Oklahoma. Okay. We, we did a quad with, like, Blackwell and Benita. There's one other school. Um, but, you know, that's I went up and wrestled Trip Rogers. And he was a real good stud out of Oklahoma. And, man, I was nervous. You know, I, I didn't want to go up. I argued with coach. I didn't want to go up. I was, you know, more or less protecting it, that, that record, you know, and the coach, you know, he was like, you don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't up for conversation. So, you, you know, it's, it's, it's trusted in coaching and, and, you know, living the uncomfortable and went up there and, you know, by the time my head was straight, you know, it was four one Rogers in the first period. And then I came on to 
to light, you know, light him up, you know, got the little single going, got the motor going and uh, end up taking it, you know, winning. Nice. And then, you know, the other part of it was, uh, then, then a couple of weeks later, I was, you know, that was Christmas and then you, you wrestled Beeson, you know, Chad Beeson. And now I'm cutting down to 52 for the first time. And, you know, it was just like, you know, before the internet, it's like, you know, what Chad Beeson, you know, returning two time state champ, you know, what do you train for? You know, and you're just here, man, the guy just keeps coming, you know, just keeps coming. So I started running every night, Tim, every night. Cause the last thing I wanted was me to get tired and him to keep coming. I just had that in my, in my mind, just like never a good feeling when, when someone, uh, you know, has better shape than you. And, and, yeah. uh, so that, that, that went on to help me later. You know, I, I got my motor going and I was able to, to have a real successful senior year and, you know, risk really let some people up in nice. a good way. How did that meet, match go with Beeson? You know, I, one by takedown, you know, um, you know, I got a couple takedowns, but it was, it was close. You know, I don't, I don't think he ever took me down. Um, no, I, I don't think so. Was that the only, how many times did you guys wrestle? Twice, actually. We did an old timers. Okay. Uh, we did the, the best of the best or, you know, that group they got together versus Arc City. And Just a few years ago, right? Essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. How did that go? He, he, uh, there are one minute matches and, and I shot in on him and you know, that limp leg where you limp out, he limped out of it right there. Game over. He beat you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How, how long ago was that? I, I think it's like seven years ago. Okay. Maybe five, seven, about five to seven years ago. How long had it been since you wrestled? You, you know, I was uh, coaching at the time at uh, Grand Canyon uh, University, the D2 school. When they when they had wrestling, um, I was uh, helping out as volunteering for uh, Coach RC LaHaye, who's who's now at Lander, um, head coach down there, ranked number one in the nation right now. Just came out this week. Okay, so you were in pretty good shape at the time. You know, I I was hoping it was six. You know, I thought I could grind for a little bit, but. You know, like you can't give up a takedown in a three-minute match. Oh yeah, and yeah. and that was—I mean—that was a smooth little limp leg out where he said Jackson taught him. That was one of Wayne's move. Coach Jackson's move was he liked that limp leg out. Chad Beeson was a hard guy to take down, man. I remember watching him wrestle Brian Roberts in the finals, and Roberts had him picked up off his feet. Four or five times it seemed like, and every time they would go right back down to the mat, and and Chad had those super long arms, and he was just locking in his crotch, and uh, and he he wouldn't he couldn't give up couldn't get him taken down. But yeah, he got as close as you could possibly get. And he he was so strong. I remember that in the uh, in that second match. I mean, you could tell he was doing manly work, whatever he was doing in life. Because, <laughs> yeah, he was strong. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, he's still he's still even fighting cancer. Looks like he could he could tear the tear a brass monkey apart, as my dad would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so what ended up leading you to Garden City? You know, I'm sitting there. I get a call from Coach Lee, Mark Lee, and uh, and he's like, "Hey, Johnny, what are you doing today?" And I, you know me, I'm just gonna go have dinner and okay. You got plans? I'm on my way down. See you in five hours. And he shows up on my doorstep the day I talked to him and, you know, just kind of looking to plug a couple weights and uh, told him what the team he had. And, uh, you know, it looked like a good fit. You know, school-wise, I wasn't ready for a big university and, you know, something to kind of guide in. And, uh, man, Garden City was perfect for me. Man, they were tough. They were tough as hell. Man, the you just the 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 Joey Wildeson, you know, he had one loss in PA and he was our 26 pounder. Wow. Uh Bart Lujan, he was our 18 pounder. You know, it's just a lot of different uh, studs came through that program. Oh yeah. What was the culture people, like down there? What was the culture like, man? We worked hard. We, we had this little box room with one mat and I just remember the gold and brown and man, we used to battle in there and it'd be so hot and, you know, just battling, but there was a lot of good, good battles in there. Uh, a lot of good fights in there, I guess you'd say too, you know, it was, it was uh, definitely learned how to beat the head in garden city and, and really, you know, go after people. Did, uh, um did you were you ready to compete right away when you got down there or did it take you a minute no i uh i went in and competed right away i was he kind of picked me was the 150 pounder and uh you know, kind of was their their slot they had me slotted in at and uh only kansas boy on the team that, that made varsity that year and and man we won nationals that year uh there was uh, a couple others. There was uh, 18 that came in as a freshman, Bart Lujan. And then uh, 34 was between Wilkerson and uh, Clint Lopez. Okay. And then Clint got beat that right at the end. He's tough, man. I'd love to have Clint on my, on my podcast, but he, 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 he told me it wasn't his thing. Well, me and Clint, man, we go way back. Uh, him and I did, he used to take me to Garden City. So we'd go, I'd drive to dirt, we'd go to Derby. Parents dropped me off at Derby and, and me and Clint would head out west every, you know, we'd come home together. And he had this little, little yellow car, little, little lemon looking thing. And man, we, we had a lot of good conversations in those four hour trips to uh, Garden City. Yeah. Good guy, still, still a good friend today. Yeah, I saw him at our mutual friend Jeremy Malloy's uh, memorial about a year ago, and uh, I got to talk to him a little bit. And uh, yeah, he seemed like a very good person, and, and he's got some yeah. boys that look like they're going to be freaking studs. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think pretty highly of Clint Lopez. I don't know him as well as I'd like to, but uh, so how did you place at Garden your two years there? Made it to the semis both years, but couldn't win in the semis. I uh, what was it fifth and fourth 
me and this North Dakota kid always kind of met each other um, in the on the backside, and then uh, I don't know. I had a, had a guy from Lincoln Links that I you know it was perfect timing you know going in. I just didn't beat him before, but you know I shot a double and my hand got high. And I ended up on my back fighting. I don't think people realize uh, the average person how freaking tough junior college is. Because you often have these guys that are really good at wrestling. Um, and a lot of times school wasn't their thing or there was other things going on that didn't allow them to go uh, Division One or right away. Um, so I just I just think there's a lot of talent in Division – or excuse me, in, in JUCO that maybe people don't realize. There is. And it, it really got me ready for, for that level, um, just maturity-wise. You know, when you're stepping into Division One, it's it's different. They're, you're wrestling men. Yeah. Now, when you did go Division One, because you ended up at Cal State Bakersfield, um, was there any kind of transition there? Was it dip, more difficult to compete? One hundred percent. I mean, I was fighting a lot then. You know, it's um, just so far away from home. You know, where you're. You know, you're in California. You, you know, and and it's not like you can just pack up and go home for summer. You know, it, it's your wrestling year around and, and, yeah. you know, we're just battling and, you know, seasons when season's over seasons, isn't really over. You're still making yourself better, getting better and, and, uh, you know, getting ready for the next year. So I didn't realize until you told me that you guys were, I mean, you got third in the nation, your senior year, um, and I know Stephen Neal was one of your teammates. Who are some other names that, uh, that I would recognize that you were uh, teammates with at Cal State? Yeah, it's uh, Kobe Wright. He, okay. was our, he, he was our 26 pounder. Um, Mike Mendoza, he coaches at, uh, he was a Boise State coach, rest coach at Bakersfield. Now he's at Mesa, Colorado Mesa. Okay. Uh, Tony D'Souza. Okay. Um, Jason Ramstetter, he's the head coach at Adams State. He was an All-American, too. Mick Ritter, he just got inducted to the Nevada Hall of Fame. Nice. Mick was good running, buddy. Myself at 167. Derek Scott, he's from Escalon High. Uh, All-American. Uh, Pascal Duru. And uh, he wrestled Kading in the finals. Oh, he did? Yeah. And Stephen Neal was our heavyweight. But, you know, we, we my junior year, we started getting better, and we kind of hit the top 20 rankings. And then that senior year, but, it, you know, we really, we really took off, and we were just kind of, you know, it's kind of funny. We were just, you know, day one, we're, we're in second place, you know, and, all of a sudden, day two, we're in second place, and we're like, oh, man, we got a chance at this. Yeah. You know, you know what's this happening here? And, and man, the, the, you know, we end up third. You know, we, we uh, Penn State came in close, but we, we headed them off by like a point or half point. You know, it was, it was close, but, but uh, it, it was just an awesome, awesome feeling. And, you know, it's, it's you know, that those times when you were, you were homesick and, and 
you know, I quit a couple times, Tim. I was like, I'm done with this. This is this is hard work. All my buddies are having fun at KU and K-State. You know, I'm going to go wrestle, you know, somewhere else and, and be close. And, you know, I would, wouldn't change it. You know, my coach was would always tell me, you know, go put your shoes back on. We got too much invested in you. And, you know, turn me around really quick for making a terrible decision. Um, but, man, it was just the guys and the memories and, you know, what we all did together and, and the practices were, were, you know, one of those things where you wish you could go back and do it one more time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I tell people all the time now, even like kids wrestling, I'm like, man, I, I did, had no idea how much I was going to miss that. Um that part of my life, you know, yeah. hanging out with my buddies and suffering together and all those kind of things. And when you're in it, you're like, man, this, this sucks. And I just want to get out of this. And then when it's over, you're like, ah, I missed that, you know, almost yeah. immediately. Um, so you started out as a 50 pounder at garden. What, what all, how many different weights did you wrestle in college? 50. And then I jumped up to 67, you know, it came in, uh, when, when I redshirted my, it, at Cal State Bakersfield, um, I was I was beefing up, you know. I was lifting, trying to get to 167. My roommate uh, Mick was a 58 pounder, and and he he could stop my low single. He was heavy hips. So if I okay. wanted to make the team, I need to put on some lbs and grow. Okay. And you got up to 167, and that's where you finished your career. Yeah, I'd, I'd weigh about 200 walking okay. around. Wow. Wish I could go back there, you know. I was, I was fit. <laughs> I was yeah. Machine, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, back then, too, I mean, weight cutting was a, was a different beast. I mean, people would cut crazy weight because they had so much time to recover from it. And thank yeah. God they've, they've done away with a lot of that stuff. Um, if my boy wants to wrestle, I'm never going to let him. Uh, cut weight. I mean, I started cutting weight my very first year when I weighed 49 pounds, um, you know, and, and it put in, it put this bad message in my brain that I had to cut weight to win, you know, because I think the first time I cut down from, from 52 pounds to 49, I won my first tournament. And then I won like three tournaments in a row. And at that young of an age, I'm like, well, this is what you have to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I think that was the wrong the wrong thing to do you know i still to this day have a borderline eating disorder <laughs> <laughs> my wife tells me the same <laughs> um so tell me about cal state bakersfield as far as your your career went who are the who are some of the toughest guys you wrestled you, you know i uh the you know my conference was just i i put it still to this day the toughest com conference lineup um you know i Marcus Mollica was, was a guy, uh, Chad Renner, and then Charles Burden were, were three of the guys that were in my conference that I got to battle with. Uh, I think Mollica was a three, two, three time national champ, four time all American. I mean, it, you know, it's just real that he wrestling him. I realized there's levels to this sport because if I walked out there with a baseball bat, I don't think I could have beat him. I mean, <laughs> he was so quick. And, you know, just really knew what, what, what you were doing before you were doing. Um, 
you know, going into to wrestling a guy like that, you, you know, I just wanted to take him down one time. Yeah. You know, I was like, I got to get a takedown. And, and that was my goal. That was my win. You know, I was like, I got to take him down. And, uh, you know, I took him down. The crowd went crazy at home one time. So, nice. You know, little wins in life, you know, in these seasons we call life. Yeah, there, there are definitely levels to it. Um, I remember after my senior year, um, a cousin of mine saying, uh, you should try it for the Olympics. I bet you'd make it. And I'm like, I appreciate what you think you're saying right now. <laughs> but uh, but I couldn't score a point on those guys to save my life. And, you know, and, and you see guys all the time now. I watch a lot of Division One, and I'll be like, this guy was a four-timer in high school or whatever. And and they're very average in Division One. all of a sudden, you know. Um, there, there are levels to it, and some guys peak in high school and all the all those different factors. But, uh, yeah, the average person has no idea. You know, they're like, oh, well, you were a state champ, so you're one of the best in the nation. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's not true. Um, yeah. Who was your best victory, do you think, in, in college, D1 or otherwise? You, you know, probably Mason from Stanford. Uh, he was a three-timer out of California. And, uh, it, you know, after I beat him, beat him a couple of times, and I used to razz those California, tell him I had been a four-timer in California. I was only a two-timer in Kansas. <laughs> you know, I'd mess with him. Yeah. And that, but it, I, was a Cal, I was wrestling on California school. I couldn't, you know, I didn't, didn't want to lose from anyone from California. Yeah. You know, there's pride right there. Yeah. So, so talk a little more about that. Like how often did you get to go home to Kansas from when you were living in California? Man, not often. Yeah. Uh, maybe two, three times, you know, I, I went home, um, you know, it was, it was work, you know, it, we were just training all, you know, all out all the time. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 uh, it made us better. Yeah. And, you know, Coach Kerr, he was always talking. And our coaches, I can't give them enough credit. You know, they helped me to succeed and, and build this mindset I have today. Um, but it was just all about being tough. You know, Coach Kerr was like, you got to be tough. You know, he you know, he didn't even let you use pre-wrap to wrap your ankles. You, you just tape it. You What's know, cre like, what did you call it? Creed wrap? Pre-wrap. 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 Okay. Before you tape the ankle. Okay. Now you better show up with your ankles shaved because he's not using pre-wrap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but that was the, you know, you know, just really pushing yourself. And, you know, I just, you, every day you woke up sore, you know, it was like, and it, you know, seven and four were for our practices where we, at seven, we'd be running and at four, we'd be rolling, practicing. You know, so, you know, just getting your body ready and, and over and over and over and over again, you know, was. What, uh, what made you decide to go so far from home? I was in Garden City, Kansas, and had one of the biggest snowstorms. And I just was done with the weather. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, give me somewhere sunny. Okay. And Coach Lane called uh, Coach Pope. And Coach Pope was a beast, man. He hardest worker I've ever met. Uh, and, you know, he 
he wrestled hard in the practice room that helped those, the upper weights just, you know, excel. And, you know, he was always pushing them. And, uh, you know, he, he was a big asset to our program, him and Coach Bailey. You know, yeah. Coach Bailey was more on the funky side where he could help more on the low single or any, any of the funky. He was an inside tripper. Uh, oh, you don't have a – he'd be like, let's figure out a, a finish for that. You know, how's he doing? And he was kind of a scientist in the wrestling room, you know. Yeah. Uh, really cool coach. But it, it was it was good having that, them guys, you know, to mentor you. Man, an inside trip is something I, I did not know back in the day. But now that I watch people hitting it all the time, I'm like, I would have been good at a damn inside trip. Yeah. And I, I don't know why I didn't know anything about it. But I feel like that's one of those moves I would have been good at. And nobody ever showed it to me. Um, and I know exactly what you mean about, about the weather. I grew up in Kansas, too. And sometimes that weather would be so cold, it would, it would piss you off. There's no other way to say it. You're just like in your car and you're like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and now there's a lot of things I don't like about California, mainly the politics, but the weather cannot be beat. I mean, it's just yeah. nice every single day. Yeah. So yeah. as you know, I live in Arizona because I'm more motivated in the warmer weather. Yeah. Sure. And I'm much healthier because of the weather. I You know, there's no excuse to not at least go take a walk or something. Um, yeah. And I was much heavier in Kansas and not near as happy um in general as far as just the way i felt um so tell me about your national tournament um your senior year you know probably didn't go as well as i i wanted it um got, got my first got my first win was against a kid from Ryder, and then um then i ne next match was renner from oregon state end up losing to renner and then on the uh, the next day, I had a kid from Nebraska that was on a roll and end up losing from him. And he went on to All-American. Okay. Went um, on like an eight-match win streak. How how much better would you say you were at the end of your Division One career than when you went in? Man, night and day. Yeah. Mentally and physically. I mean, it just, just really knew how to work. You know, I – you know, I, I was talking to one of my friends um, yeah, this weekend, and we were talking about his son. He was like, you know, he's not doing anything extra. It's like, you, you know, it's like, you don't. When do you know it, it to do the extra? And you see the 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 benefits you get from doing the extra, and and that's what Bakersfield taught me is we did a lot of extras. Yeah. Um, man, we we trained hard, and you know, I'd put our training up with anybody. You know, we we were the Iowa's of the West Coast as far as training, because you know, as far as training hard. You know, it it was, and Daryl Pope was was a big part of that, man. He he'd work you to death. Okay. Yeah, um, I remember listening to I think it was Jack Mueller, the Virginia kid that made the finals a couple times, talking about that's what he wasn't expecting was how hard the training was at Division One. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, you, that's a good lead way. I, I wrestled with Steve Neal, you know, and, and like he came to one of our practices and uh, we had, and, you know, Pascal walks out, he breaks his, his finger, finger pops out and he's walking out and he's like, coach, coach. And, you know, we didn't have trainers 
you know, in our, in our, we just walk in there and popped him, you know, and then he's back in there wrestling. And, you know, it's one of those, one of those tough ones where you're just banging, banging. And, and uh, Steve was like, you know, that's where I want to be. And, and, you know, we just beat Fresno. We, we were up and coming, you know, we were in, we, he could see what success we were having in the future with, with how hard we were working. So was he a year or two behind you? He was a, he was quite a few. He was, uh, I, when I was a senior, he was a freshman coming in. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was, I was, I was going to ask you some about him. Like, you know, everyone knows how good he was as far as a couple time NCAA champ and world champion and went on to play football for a, New England, right? Yeah. Um, but what's something as a teammate that you saw that maybe a lot of other people weren't weren't able to see, like as far as how good he was and the way he worked and that kind of thing? Well, I mean, you know, even today, I, I would say he's a better man than he ever was athlete. Um, just just a good guy. Yeah. Uh, in all facets of life. Um, you know, he was, you know, when, when Steve and talking about his psyche of it, you know, is, is he used to count takedowns in practice or, you know, vice versa is like, okay, I got 30 takedowns in practice and got taken down five times, you know, and, and he was kind of always multiplying his figures daily, you know, and, um, you know, that was, that was a big thing. I thought that was, you know, pretty neat. Um, what else? But, he, you know, that double leg, you know, we used to, I, I, you know, just him growing, you know, when I was a red shirt, when I red shirted, there was that recruiting trip. He was, uh, you know, sitting across from me at the pizza place and he's just lanky, you know, six, two guy, but just to seeing him, you know, his work ethic come and, you know, and you know, I speak of Daryl Pope and, you know, Daryl Pope and him used to battle. And, you know, there was times that Steve, Steve wasn't as good as he always was. You know, he started out, you know, having trouble scoring in the practice room, you yeah. know, with Pascal Duru and Derek and, and uh, you know, Daryl, they, they just battle. It, you know, winter stays best, you know, you, you stay in there for four four takedown stays, tight, tight matches. Yeah. And just get in there and battle. Man, I miss those times, Tim. Bring it uh, back. But yeah. But but he was, yeah, he he, you know, just just him calculating his, his shots. And the other thing I'd want to add is like every year he'd focus on something new. So if you go back and see his the way he progressed, he was he he got he wanted to be his next year he wanted to get off bottom. So no one could hold him down. And then remember he was on a, he was turning people and pinning people, had the most pins, uh, one away, but he was uh, really good at, you know, he just kind of was perfecting everything of the sport. Okay. Yeah. It seems like the guys that really excel are the ones that get through that part you were talking about, about how, you know, because some guys, especially if they've won three or four state titles or whatever, they get to college and they can't score for a month. That'll wear on you, man, mentally. You're like, <laughs> I'm not used to this. I mean, you know, I think in one of my college matches, this guy took me down more in one match 
then I probably got taken down in my entire high school career, probably including practice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just ridiculous. I was just like, this is embarrassing. And talking about being out of shape when somebody can just push you all over the place. There is no more lonely feeling than someone who can take you down at will in front of other people. And you're just like, you can't do nothing but take it. And you're just like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, you really had to perfect the different styles in college. You know, you had yeah. to be good off bottom. It, I mean, some they're bears on top. You know, you got to come up and you got to come up strong. And I mean, the last thing you want is to be ridden for two minutes. Yeah. You know that. Then then you got another whole two minutes to go. You know that wear wear a person out. Yeah. Yeah, what what uh, what did wrestling teach you that you used the most, like off the mat? Man, I goals goal setting. Um, you know, I I started out. Uh, I left Bakersfield in the Fiero. You know, two seater. Um, you know, my goal when I was leaving Bakersfield, I wanted to be a millionaire, and so I, you know, I'm driving. Didn't know how I was going to be it, but it was just, you know vivid vision. That's what I wanted to be. And I wanted to, you know, go there. I went, uh, you know, started selling health club memberships, got really good at that. You know, that was, that was, uh, kind of led right into my wrestling, you know, I could sell health club. And then, you know, I got into staffing and the cool thing about staffing is you got to wake up early at five, five in the morning and, uh, dispatch, your workers and, and get them to the right job sites. And, you know, it's, it's, that came so easy to me, you know, it came so easy because I was waking up at early to go grind, you know, running stairs, lifting weights. So now you're telling me I can go drink coffee and dispatch tickets and, and get everyone to work. I got it. And, <laughs> and yeah. you know, and, and it was like, you know, single legs to me, you know, okay, I go make 30 sales calls and I'll go beat 30 customers today. You know, it was, it was just repetition. And, and it was a recipe of success because it's the same thing, the same formula I just created at, at Bakersfield. You know, the, 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 what they just gave me is you work hard and put all your focus towards what your goal is and you'll achieve it. Yeah. And you know, I got, uh, I started a staffing company in 2002 with my partner and I was $60,000. And, uh, sorry about that. Uh, it, and 60,000 bucks and, you know, 21 years later we're going and, uh, man, it's, we have like 130 stores, 120 stores around the nation. Um, yeah, worked out well. Awesome. It, but, it, yeah. but it was, you know, you can't be afraid of hard work and grind. And, yeah. you know, that's what made my success. And, you know, I'm able to hit my goals and, you know, I still set those today. Um, you know, I've got a, I've got a life coach that I work with and, you know, he's a wrestler or was a wrestler at University of Virginia. Um, but I work with him, you know, monthly and, and, you know, part of his group and, you know, always trying to perfect myself to be a better person. Awesome. Uh, what, what's uh, this kind of the Barbara Walters 
portion of the interview. What's the hardest thing you think you've ever dealt with and, and did wrestling help you get through that as well? Wow. I should have asked you that I, earlier. So you yeah, had something. Yeah. Like you know, um, I would say when I was, I was in California, the, the grind of, of being on the road. So I, you know, we have a hundred locations. So when we first started going out, I'd be the one on the road. You know, I'd get a, get a office profitable and then, and then I'd move, hire the staff and move on. And, you know, it, it was tough, you know, being you're, you're by yourself, you know, everyone else is doing life and you're by yourself doing work. And you, you really got to question, really question yourself on your, am I doing the right thing? You know, am I chasing the right thing? Yeah. You know, and, you know, I didn't have a family as of yet. You know, I started my family later. You know, I've been, been um, you know, I've got a 14-year-old daughter now, married. And, uh, you know, so, so all that came later. But, you know, it, it all works out. You know, it's, it's just seasons in your life and, and getting through those seasons and growing. Your daughter is 14 now? Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I thought she was like five. Yeah. We've got, I've got, and now I've got a nephew that I'm helping raise too. And he, okay, he's getting his wrestling physical today. So I'm kind of pumped about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I would be lying if I said I, I didn't hope my boy wants to wrestle. Um, I don't know why I thought your daughter was five, by the way, but something I saw on yeah. Facebook made me think she was still young. Um, uh, but anyway, I, I hope he wants to wrestle. Um, it's one of the few things I know a few things about. And, uh, the kid's got some natural ability. We'll be wrestling around and I'll shoot in on him and he'll, he weighs 40 pounds and he'll neck wrench me right to my back. And it's completely natural. It's nothing I've ever showed him. Yeah. But the way he does it, I'm like, man, it, you're just going to tear the heads off of these little kids. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you want to do it, but um, we'll see, you know, we all know that it's not a sport for everybody. So we'll see how he likes it. But um, yeah. What, what do you think you miss the most about wrestling? The grind every day, the, you know, just meet your buddies at four o'clock. And, you know, I think that was the thing I, I, I didn't think I'd miss, but you know, it was, it was fun. You know, it, um, you know, I still talk to a lot of those guys today and we stay in touch and you just really don't know what you're going through and what's at that end of the tunnel. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, we, we really, we were working hard. We didn't know we were going to, you know, achieve third. You know, we did it for the love. Yeah. And, you know, we we're just, a you know, there was no blue chippers with us. We were just a bunch of hard workers. And, you know, we all found success after, after wrestling. Yeah. Um, going back to being a dad, what, what's your favorite part of being a dad? You know, I've got a 14, 14 year old girl. So I look for windows. You know, those windows of opportunities where, where uh, we talk, you know, she doesn't like to talk all the time. You know, we we blast Taylor Swift and she's a Swifty. Um, so we blast Taylor Swift when I, you know, we're riding around. But when I get that window, we, we get to talk and, you know, I enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Sometimes I wish I could slow down time. You know, he's almost five now and and he's a lot he's calmed down a lot. Like he used to be, he used to have fits and he used to be like, just make me pull my hair out sometimes. But now he's calming down a lot. And, uh, I just love him so freaking much, you know, only parents can understand 
what that's like. And I wish that I could just, sometimes I wish I could keep him that age. Cause I know there's going to come a time where I'm loving on him and he's going to be like, get off me. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be looking for windows too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, did, did she ever want to wrestle? You, you know, she's got the best hand fighting skills that'll probably never step on the mat. Huh. Um, you know, she, she had, uh, I, I, I travel a lot. So I, I kept on, they had this big billboard that called, uh, uh, teen abuse. And I was like, I never thought, but I was like, okay, I can fix that. So her and I were always wrestling and, you know, teaching her hand fighting. And, and then I taught her knees, Tim. And, oh, I mean, <laughs> she can come with a knee and she's got power and she's, a, she rides equestrian horses. Okay. Um, so she's got good, good power. So yeah, she, I'm jumping, I'm running. Nice. <laughs> but she, she'll definitely be able to protect herself. That's, that's what I gave her. Good. That's but, great to hear. Yeah. Um, I won't keep you too much longer, but um, I wanted to ask you, um, since you brought up Chad Beeson in the beginning and you said that he was pretty, he was a big deal to you. What did you mean by that exactly? You, you know, is, is the vision quest. You know, I hope everyone has that vision quest where they're, they're trying to beat someone or, or have a big match coming up and they're training for it and putting everything into it. Um, you know, because that was me. You know, it was it was a battle at Derby Tournament. Him and I were going to battle. And, and, you know, people came to see it. And we packed them in there. They had the smoke and the fog. It was, it was just one of the coolest moments ever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just... You know, looking at that moment, you know, with him and, you know, I never got a chance to share that about how he pushed me. And then, you know, that run and created, a, you know, something new with my conditioning where, you know, no one was going to beat me, you know, with conditioning. And, you know, it came from, you know, my vision quest with him trying to awesome. be the best. Yeah. And, and you know what? After that match, man, my phone was, let, you know, college coaches were calling because everyone knew who Chad Beeson was. Yeah, yeah. His boy, his boy's a freaking stud, and he's a stud. And I, I pray, we pray for him every night before dinner. Uh, the Beeson family and and uh, some others are on that list as well too. But um, Chad, I'm sure you're watching this. I hope you are. And and a lot of people are praying for you and pulling for you. And and if anybody can beat it, it's you. And and uh, you know, do you guys ever ever talk? You know, I, I text him a little bit, you know, just tell him I'm thinking of him. Okay. You know, it's, you know, if his ears ring is right now, I'm going to text him and say, we were talking about you. <laughs> so he, he knows how much you, he meant to you as far as that stuff goes. You, you know, he doesn't. So this okay. is why, this is why I came on this podcast, Tim. And, you know, just kind of share that, that vision quest with him and with you and, kind of how it leveled me up yeah. to, to be a good wrestler and, and to get to that next level and have all these memories at Garden City and Cal State Bakersfield and, you know, to third in the nation, to great buddies all around, you know. Yeah. Great moments. In well, I, I think it's great that you, uh, you know, that you said that and he'll be able to hear that and everything because the older I get, the more that I – I want people to know, you know, what they mean to me and relationships I want to fix and people I want to forgive and all that stuff. And, and you know, life is fleeting. And when you're young, you, you think you've got all the time in the world. And, 
And I think that's where that saying comes from, that the youth is wasted on the young, because when you're young, you got the body and everything, but you're kind of dumb and you don't realize like <laughs> how it's all going to be over pretty soon and, and you're yeah. going to miss it. And, and uh, that's just life, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you. Is there anything else you'd like to say before I let you go? You know, next time you get in Phoenix, let, let's uh, grab dinner and love to, love to take you out. Okay. Well, yeah, I will be. I'm, I'll, I'll definitely come to your uh, one of your shows. I have I haven't been, and I'm gonna get it out for Kansas City too. You need to pack that house. And what about nationals? You got a show booked for that yet? Um, you mean for uh, D1 nationals? D1 nationals in Kansas City. Oh, I know. I'm definitely going to come. Um, I don't have any shows booked, but my brother still lives in Garden, or Garden City. He lives in Gardner, Kansas. Um, so my plan was to come and maybe bring my boy and watch the tournament uh-huh. on his TV. And then I was definitely going to go to the finals. Um, we might go to the whole tournament, but with my boy at his age, I don't know if we will be able to or not. But I'm definitely planning on coming back for that. Nice. And D2s is in Wichita. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm thinking about hitting them both. Yeah, well, and D2s are what? Like in February, right? They're like two weeks before Division Once. Okay. All right. Well, man, it makes me so sad that my friend Jeremy Malloy is no longer with us. Uh, that would have been really cool to go to. And, yeah, if you know anybody in Kansas City, um, please do. Let them, let them know because I would like to sell that out and, and hopefully make a special out of that and I uh, want to do it in my hometown, and we tried to do something a few weeks ago here in California, and the show was great, but then there was a camera issue, and it's always freaking something. Um, but, you know, I also believe that God has a plan that is uh, better better than anything I can imagine, so uh, I have a much better attitude about that stuff than I used to. There was a time that would have made me so mad, and that night it happened, and I was like, eh, things happen, you know? yeah definitely it's just the way things are but i very much enjoyed talking to you you were a great guest and uh it's really cool to be able to talk to you and and get to know you a little bit and i for sure will let you know the next time i'm in arizona i work there at least twice a year sometimes more so um in that area phoenix area it's a great area and arizona is absolutely one of my favorite places to do stand-up Arizona and Ohio are two of my favorite states to work in. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll for sure let you know, and and uh, yeah, maybe maybe I'll see you at one of those two national tournaments too. So great talking to you, buddy. Sounds good, Tim. Thank you so much. All right, man. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bet. All right, everybody. Johnny McCreary. I love these Kansas studs that I get to talk to. Um, You know, like I said, I saw his face in the program when I was uh, probably, I don't know, I think he's a couple years older than me. So maybe I was a sophomore or freshman or something, just sitting in the stands and looking through it and uh, always had a memory for for those kind of things. So, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I knew how good he was uh, in in high school, but I had no idea of the college career that he had until I started talking to him a couple days ago. Um, and just a super nice guy, and I really enjoyed the heck out of that. Um, so God bless all of you. Thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll be doing more of these. If you're in the Kansas City area, I would love to see you come out and uh, at my show at the Improv November 22nd. It's the 
Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. And uh, Chad Beeson, we're all praying for you, buddy, and we love you. And God bless you and your family. And I believe that's it. As always, go to Making It Happen, M-A-C-A-N-It-Happen.com. Help out little Bo Making and his family. And that is it. God bless all of you. Have a great day. Goodbye.